Have you ever wished the radio guy would think like you and say things that actually make sense rather than softening his stance to be politically correct? Well then, whitely so. Gil Whiteley will give you the absolute truth. Hello and welcome back to Whiteley. Mark Cooper as he's in on t- all Tuesdays of Whiteley So uh, and uh, Broncos make their cut. And uh, joining me, Bubby Brister, uh, uh, who the Broncos, and people don't remember this, but the Broncos do not win Super Bowl 33 if Bubby Brister is not on that roster. So I hope you get to wear that, I hope you get to wear that Super Bowl ring proudly because, in fact, uh, it doesn't. It doesn't happen without you. It just doesn't. Well, I appreciate you saying that. We we, uh, we don't know that for sure, but it was a great run that year for sure. If I just said it, you don't know me well enough. <laughs> it, we know that for sure. <laughs> just just say, well, just say we, thank you. We don't, we'll, we'll, I guess I'll go ahead and say okay. It was sure. There you go. There you go. Uh, hey, you How y'all doing today? Sta- you started seven games that year and won four. Won four. That uh, I mean, you played in uh, you played in seven games. You started four. I think you won all four, didn't you? Yes, sir. We did. Uh, man, we had a great team, though. It wasn't an individual deal there for sure. Every everybody was good at every position, and uh, heck, even the the guys that were second team probably could have started on most other teams. When you were here, I was writing. Uh, I was a sports writer. Covering the NFL, I was one of six sports columnists that AOL had when, right when they first started. And I was doing general talk radio, so I never really got a chance to cover you other than I was, all, I was at all the games, including the Super Bowl. Uh, but uh, you and I never have, have, have talked to this day, but Mike Shannon and I are close friends. I just had my 31st, uh, 35th, excuse me, anniversary. I had John on, John Elway, and Mike Shanahan. Uh, I asked Mike Shanahan a question that I'm not sure you've ever heard the answer to. Uh, listen to this. I've been to some of the most bizarre press conferences uh, imaginable uh, in my 35 years. One of the w- weirdest ones was one that you were prepared for, but it wasn't your press conference. Uh, and you knew when Bubby Brister, when you had announced that Bubby was not going to be the starter, he came down there and basically said, yeah, back if it, back in the day, we'd we'd have taken him back up behind the woodshed, and then Mike Shannon or not no, uh, uh, Jim Sakamano, who I've talked to about this, said you went he went out to your your office to tell you what what he said, and you were, and you were like, yeah, I don't blame him, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'd be that mad if I was him. That, I, I told Bobby uh, later on, I said, hey, of all the decisions that I made, that was one of the worst decisions I made because. He, had, he deserved a right um, to start the next year, even though I thought eventually Brian was going to take over just by the way he prepared, just the way he handled himself. And I told Bobby, I said, Bobby, if you come in as a second-team quarterback, I can, I can guarantee you as long as I'm in the National Football League, you're going to be on my team. So as long as I'm a head coach, you're going to keep on getting employed. But if, if you're going to be the – if you think you're going to be the guy – you're going to have to prepare a lot harder. But he was a guy that, to me, was a perfect backup to John. 
when John went out for those four games in our, you know, that 14-2 season, we won the Super Bowl. People forget, you know, what kind of year Bubby had. Yes, they do. You guys don't get to that one Super Bowl without him. He played a lot of games for John. I mean, the average well, the average wins in the four games that he started was 17 points, and the touchdown the interse- interception ratio was over three to one, and and he was just playing at such a high level. But that was Bubby. Bubby had such charisma as a personality. He was such a great guy. Players loved him. And he was perfect for a guy coming off the bench. I just didn't think at that time, which it wasn't right when I looked back and I told him this, I said, hey, I should give you the opportunity. And if you took advantage, great. If not, I should have made the change then. Well, that's the first time I've ever heard Mike say publicly, uh, you know, Mike and Dan Reeves were not were not quick to admit any of their mistakes. By the way, for for many years, <laughs> and uh, uh, Mike said quite quickly, uh, "That's the biggest mistake he ever made as a coach." Uh, I was I was really glad I asked him that question. Well, you know, he told me that one time when I was over at his house at a party, and he took me to the side, talked to me about it. Um, which made me feel good, but, uh, you know, and it took a lot of guts for Mike to say that because he made a lot of great decisions uh, during the course of his coaching career, one of the best coaches ever. And uh, we just had a little, you know, a little hiccup there for a while, and I felt like it was a different situation. Um, I was coming off shoulder surgery, and uh, I didn't have such a great training camp, but I felt like I'd earned the right to start the next year, uh, sort of what he's saying there in that clip. But, um uh, Hey, the past is the past, and you got to move on. And uh, I was just glad, and I told him this too. I was just glad that he uh, gave me an opportunity to come there and be a part of that team uh, because uh, it was a dream come true for me to be in Denver at that time. Well, if there's a quarterback competition, you should have known about it, uh, number one. And and when they have quarterback competitions now, the, the quarterbacks don't necessarily prepare for the season. Uh, rather than take that iffy 18-yard down and out and try and get sneak that in there to see what your arm can do, uh, the guy the, the, in a competition, they tend to throw it out of bounds and not get the interception. There's a lot of things. Right. You were preparing for the season, and all of a sudden it was pulled out from under you. So anyway, I'm, I'm making – I'm giving, you, I'm giving you some justice right here in front of the Denver market. <laughs> Hey, I appreciate it. But, hey, uh, you know, we put all that behind us. I still I love Mike and, and Brian and everybody, too. So it's uh, it's just the way it happens sometimes. It's a tough business. You got to have thick skin, and we uh, we all moved on. I spent you know, half a day behind that woodshed waiting for you to come out. And you handled it like a pro, like <laughs> always, buddy, too. And uh, hey, hey, I got a quick quick side note on, on – uh, your son's at Louisiana Tech now, correct? Man, I got a bad. I got some bad news there too. Oh no! Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. He he left Colorado because he's uh, you know behind McCaffrey. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't yeah, gonna yeah. get a chance and all that. And I played behind the coach's son before myself. So we we've been there. But uh, he was in Louisiana Tech, and they just brought another kid in and a coach from junior college, um, in in same grade. So uh, after training camp, the coach called him in and said there wasn't enough room for him there at the quarterback position. I think they had five. You know, when he just transferred and walked on, gave up the scholarship to walk on, felt like he could make the team. So we're going plan B. He's going to finish his semester out and, you know, work on his schoolwork, and yep. then we'll uh, see where the chips fall in the spring. He would have three years left, but 
bro, the way football is now, and you know as well as I do, um, it's different, you know, with the portal and the NIL money. Oh, my God. Junior college and all this. It's totally different, and um, I just uh, I just want him to be happy. So yeah. You're telling me a college yeah. football coach didn't lie to him but misled him? Oh, my, I'm shocked. Yeah. I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked, too. Well, the, you know, the portal thing has changed the whole dynamic for everybody. I mean, a kid doesn't like his coach, and now he can jump in the portal and go to the next place. You know what I mean? And or. You know they're they're not looking at high school kids and as much if you're not a no. five star and and now they're grabbing guys out of JUCOs left and right or they're sending them to JUCOs to prepare them to come back. Yeah, it, it just goes on and on. So it's kind of the it's such a wild wild west out there. It's tough on these kids, man. It, it is, and hopefully he can catch his breath this fall and work on yep. his school work and and then see what happens. If you get to burn a desire in the spring to play, then go back and play. If you don't, just keep making A's and B's. Like we all like Chuck Noll said. We all got to get on with our life's work eventually, anyway. Right, right. Uh, how many years advice. of eligibility did he have after this? He would have three full years. Oh, well, that well, that that gives him some room. Five to fifteen, and can outthrow most anybody I've ever met. So it's just got to be the right chemistry and the right guy. Then the new coach came in, and he brought some junior college kids in and some kids he coached at Texas Tech and at TCU. And rightfully so. I can't blame him. Hey, right. his job is to come in there to win. Um, now to develop a kid that for four years and, and hopefully he can pan out and be the guy in, in his junior year or something. They don't do that anymore. Nope. I mean, it doesn't seem like they, they want instant, uh, you know, instant gratification sort of like all this other stuff with the technology and everything. But, um, you know, hey, it is what it is and we'll see what he wants to do in the spring. But as long as he's happy, I could, I could care less what he's doing. Right, right. Well, they don't play players much in the preseason much anymore. Uh, had you been on this Broncos team, you wouldn't have played a down that year because we have not seen we've not seen Heidner here or Russell Wilson. Uh, I think it hurts the team, and I and Mark and I do a show every Tuesday. The fact that you have these offensive linemen that really can't get anything accomplished unless you're in full pads, and they don't wear full pads in practice; they're just in shells. Uh, and now all of a sudden, it's a new Bronco offensive line. They're going to go into the season and try and make friends with each other and figure out what everybody's doing. I'm tired of yeah, seeing no. the Broncos come out and having slow, slow uh, Septembers and they ended up 3-1 and one in September. They've done it the three or, three or uh, the last four years, I think. Yeah, things have changed and all that. You know, you have so many days at training camp can't do this, you can't wear a pads. Heck, when I was at the Steelers, I mean, we had six weeks of training camp, two a days in, in a dorm with no air conditioning. Now they put people in jail for that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and you're wearing the same the same yeah. uniform that you yeah. wore in the morning without it being no laundered. Question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no question. And chili dogs for lunch. Now they got diet, dietitians and nutritions and all kinds of stuff. It's crazy. But God bless them if they can. It's, it's all about the money, right? You bet. You bet. Who are you? You know, I've said money is when it started happening. I said money is going to ruin sports, and it really has. But quite frankly, I got a ton of guys from that 80s, the 80s and 90s that money wouldn't have ruined them. I, I would, <laughs> I'm sitting next to a guy that would like that as well uh, as you. I, I could have done the more kind of, <laughs> The kind of money they're paying these guys now is just ludicrous. Ludicrous. Back then, I don't even think I don't even think we played for the money back then. I mean, that was it was nice, but shoot, when I started, 
third-round draft choice by the time you paid taxes and bought a new car and all that. I think I played several years for free. Right, exactly. Um, you know? Exactly. Um, so, yeah, it has changed a lot, and, you know, with all the rules and everything. I, have, I am glad they changed the rules for the quarterback and all that because it was getting, they're getting bigger and faster and uh, getting dangerous, you know, blindsiding people and all that. And uh, So I am glad to see that. Um, but with the rest of it, you know, it's uh, it's changed a lot, and it's all about the money. You know, big stadiums, big this, big that, and uh, it's just the way it is. Hey, Bubby, what would be your best memory in your career? I mean, everybody's got a memory or two. You know what I mean? What would be one of your best memories from playing in the NFL? Well, I think, you know, winning the Super Bowl in Denver was one of the best. I was telling somebody the other night at Denver, we were at New York Jets the year before. We were 3 and 13. You couldn't find a cold beer anywhere. I mean, everything was, it was just horrible. And, um, you know, they say J E D S, just, just, just. And my wife said, you know what that stands for? And I said, no, what? She said, just the end of season. <laughs> That's how bad we were. So, so the next year being on the Broncos team, be a part of that winning Super Bowl was probably the best memory I have. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, mine's a similar one. Being, you know, the AFC Championship game and then walking into, <clears throat> you know, walking into the Super Bowl, the start of that game, the, the end didn't result in, in what I would call a good time. But, you know, just get, getting there. You know how tough it is just to get there, so. That's you, right. You know, you, we, you we were, had some great people. You were seven the last time the, the Jets were in the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Go Jets. Yeah. The. Uh, uh, you. You know, Dan Reeves passed away. You can go through that way right there. Yes, and take a left right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm in an Uber from the airport. You can go through there right there. Yes, we go through there. I'm in Uber going from the, coming from the airport. I'm in Houston uh, working a little bit. And I got to see Coop the other day and uh, Steve Moore. Uh, met, met them down in New Orleans for, for some food. And Coop, it was great to see you again, bro. I'm going to be in and out of Denver this fall, and we'll catch you again. Uh, yeah, I'd love to. Hey, you better you better get a bunch of guns because that daughter of yours is going to be a man killer. Hey, she's a freaking pistol now. She can take care of herself. Yeah, there you go. She is pretty. Thank God she looks like her mother. Yep, yep, yep. You did well. You, you outpunted <laughs> your coverage there, buddy. <laughs> hey, thank you. Uh, so you have to run? I don't have to. No, okay. I just got out of Uber. I'm walking the uh, I'm not, I, my, my, I, I was not going to ask questions about how's your relationship with John Elway now? How was it then? And and it, was it was it was it kind of how was it watching John Elway play football? And you know that when you had to go in, you had to replace that. Uh, there had well, to been but all kind of questions and a little bit of awe. Some of the stuff he did was awe-struck. No question about it. You know, we played against him several years when I was at the Steelers, and um, <clears throat> they got us in the playoffs one year when I felt like we had a good team. And I yeah, like I, I was at that game, yeah. yeah. But, but, but a lot of people felt like that when you're winning in the fourth quarter and John Elway's on the team. You know, it... Uh, notorious for coming back and winning, but I always respected him and played, you know, when we played against him at the Steelers and when I, and I'd see him at golf tournaments and different things and he just had that aura about him and he's John Elway, you know, no question about it, but when I got on the team, I would always try to prepare and be ready to play because I didn't want to be the weak, weak link on the team, you know, and, and I know it could never be, be John. I mean, who could be? He's just, he's just that, he's that good. 
Um, but I respected him and wanted to make sure I played as hard as I could. Didn't want to let him down and be the be the weak link in the spoke. Um, but uh, he was amazing to watch him practice. Uh, I tell somebody like the first Super Bowl we went to, <clears throat> he was uh, 27 for 27 in practice. Now that was some of that was uh, past skeleton and some of it was team. But the ball never even hit the ground. I called my dad and go, you ain't going to believe this. And told dad, I mean, that's hard to do against air, much less against, you know, the scout team. Our, our second team was pretty good. But uh, he was he was amazing to watch and be around. Hadn't seen him in a couple of years, but hopefully I can hook up with him when we come back to Denver this year. Uh, but great guy. We roomed together one year, and uh, he's uh, he's all everything that you think he is. He's, he's a great was a great player and a great person, and uh, it was just an honor to be on the team with him. Do you root for, uh, obviously, I believe you'd root for, be rooting for Pittsburgh, and I like that picket kid. I watch him in his college career. I hope he gets that job. I think he'll be, I think he'll be fine in there. He's that. Yeah, yeah. No, he's, he's going to be, he's going to be really good. He's not a mistake like? guy. Good touchdown yeah. to interception ratio. Do you root for the Broncos? I'm rooting for the Broncos and the Steelers this year. Okay. <laughs> who do you like the best at the? I mean, Pittsburgh's got three fine quarterbacks, right? Um, maybe who's trade, that? maybe Pittsburgh's got some trade bait potentially because all three of those guys played well in preseason. Which which of the three do you like the best? Yeah, uh, you you know I really don't know yet. It's probably I think Pickett's going to be good. I, I I would hate to try to put pressure on him as a rookie. You know, still uh, yeah. a lot of people don't want to give you that honeymoon period anymore. But but still, it's it still is a jump, even though he was that good in college. So, you know, we'll, hopefully he'll be, he'll be ready to play next year or the next. But, uh, you know, they do have three good ones, and whatever the coach comes up with, uh, I was supposed to talk to Merrill Hodge this afternoon a little bit. He's been watching practice some. He's going to give me a little update. Um, but I think they'll be fine. With Trubisky, the can, Trubisky can play. Yeah, he I mean, can. Uh, uh, you know, he was with the Bears. you got to remember that. Oh, uh, yeah, I, remember, I, came from, I remember him. Sure do. Yeah, you know what's interesting is I think the, you know, Guys can go places, and you know this better than anybody. I mean, some of these good quarterbacks get other places, and they get ruined. I mean, they literally get ruined. I think, I think the coaching staff has such a big play on quarterbacks in general. Do you, do you would you agree with that, or what's your take on that? No, I agree with you hundred percent, Coop. Um, you know, you get some place, and some of the coaches there's, there's so much pressure on them to win. Um, you know, and then if they don't, they blame the quarterback or the first the easiest thing to do to buy a little more time, it seems like to me, is to put it on the quarterback. And then even if you give them a year or two and then, and, you know, you put the backup guy in and you try to draft another quarterback, it seems like they're buying another year or two or something instead of possibly doing it a different way. Be right. Now, what that is, I don't know, depending on what the chemistry would be with each team and each, each offense. But, um, uh, it's it's totally different, you know. It's it's you better win for me now, uh, kind of stuff. It seems like, and um, uh, you know, when you get coaches like the Steelers have, and um, they, they stay there a long time, and they then they trust the quarterbacks, and you know, you get uh, you know Roethlisberger there for a long time. I'm sure Pickett will be there for a long time, and then you go see some other places that that try to scramble through every two or three years, and. And it makes you appreciate the tradition that the teams like, you know, Pittsburgh and Denver and um, places like that have. Yeah, you bet. Well, we'll let you go. Uh, just remember, you had that that in that season, your touchdown ratio was better than two for one, like Mike Shanahan said. But uh, it was actually a little better than that. Uh, 
Well, when you see, when you see Mike, tell him I said hi. Uh, ten, we, ten, touchdown, ten touchdowns to three interceptions. That's a little over three to one. Uh, last I checked, 99% passer rating, which was the best of your career, and you were four for four in that yeah. in that Super Bowl well, year. So well, when you check two, when you check two, there we have the best is at every position in the whole damn league. <laughs> so, That's always I think nice. My wife could have completed some of those. <laughs> uh, uh, That's always good to have. Hey, uh, Bubby, yeah. thanks so much for coming on. Love you, man. Hey, good luck you're, to your son. You will. Okay, Coop, see you soon, bud. Yeah, buddy, we'll, we'll do. Yeah, we'll bye-bye. be back. All right. Bubby Brister. Just an old sweet song. Keeps Georgia on my mind. Now is the time to join the Colorado Golf.